Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. I'm Caleb Zachran, Assistant Editor of the New Books Network, and today I'm speaking with Kaveh Zahedi, filmmaker and Assistant Professor of Screen Studies at the New School. We'll be discussing his life in film, especially the works featured in the collection Digging My Own Grave, the films of Kaveh Zahedi. In addition to making films, Kaveh has also created one of the best television shows of the 21st century, the show about the show, and the heartwarming story collection, 365 Stories I Want to Tell You Before We Both Die. Kaveh, thanks for joining me today on the New Books Network. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course, you know, uh, just, you know, for our listeners, I'd love if you could introduce yourself, say a little bit about maybe uh, things I didn't, I didn't include in that introduction. Um, no, um, I don't know how heartwarming the podcast is, but I'm glad you thought so. Yeah, I know. I de- definitely, uh, some stories, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, it felt like uh, this, your work, uh, but distilled in a way. And I'm also an audio person. So maybe right. that was why, <laughs> why it spoke to me. Um when did you first fall in love with film? Um, I think it was gradual. Um, you know, I, I loved certain movies when I was a kid. Um, but I think when I started studying it seriously, which was like after freshman year in college, I started just like um, becoming aware of editing, I guess. Like, you know, I think when you're young, you just don't think about every shot as a shot. And I think I read a book and I was like, oh, there are shots. <laughs> and then I started thinking about like, where to put the camera at a certain point when I started making films. And then I started being like, you know, impressed <laughs> by how some people do it so well. And I just, just gradually like, you know, the more I got to understand the complexity of the medium, the more I appreciated it. And at a certain point, I just, you know, fully loved it. Do you think momentum is the most important thing when it comes to making art? <laughs> I do think it's important. Um, yeah, I mean, I think desire probably is the most important thing and just sort of like not not putting a, a break on one's desire, but allowing the full expression of the movement of one's desire to flow. Of your first three films, A Little Stiff, I Don't Hate Las Vegas Anymore, and In the Bathroom of the World, which is your favorite? Uh, probably I Don't Hate Las Vegas Anymore. That's my favorite of the three. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's got something... I mean, it's, I think it's most people's favorite. So maybe that's part of why I say that. But there's just something about it that feels like a miracle more than the others. Did you have that sense when it started or was it something that kind of came together, you know, in the editing room? Editing room, for sure. I, I wasn't super confident about it until, you know, it was done. Even then, and it, it was it was very badly received. I, I was very depressed about about it. I think over time it's become more loved but at the time it was quite, quite uh, reviled. <laughs> and reviled by critics or by, you know, by Both. friends, family? Festivals, critics, people like, you know, a lot of people who love my first film disliked my second film. Remember this one guy said, I don't know if it's even a movie. <laughs> and I, I heard my feelings. It's like, it is, that means. <laughs> it is a movie. <laughs> but in a way it's a compliment, you know, it's like, it's like its own animal, you know, that's hard to put in the same category in some ways. 
have you ever thought that, you know, let me go and, and try and make like a sort of a straight genre movie, you know, sort of like David Lynch's a straight story compared to, or yeah, a straight story compared to like his others? That's but not very seriously. I mean, you know, I certainly thought about it, but it just, I think there's something in me that won't, won't allow that, you know, like, I, I don't think I can. It's like, it's almost like there's a, there's a, a demon or angel inside me that would just like put me in a chokehold and wrestle me to the ground and prevent it. Is there, is there a, a movie that you have wanted to make that you haven't been able to? Oh yeah, a bunch. Any in particular? Well, I, I wrote this script about uh, the artist Joseph Cornell uh, about an episode from his life that I worked really hard on and I felt like that would make a great movie. Um, and I wasn't able to raise the money. I spent years trying to make that. Um, that's one. And there's one right now I'm, I'm trying to get made. Um, it's kind of about me trying to make a film about Bertolt Brecht, um, but it's really about cancel culture. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a bunch of them. Um, there's there's more, I have more movie ideas than I have years of life left in me. So you don't feel exhausted by by film at all like that. I spent a couple of time on a few movie sets and it's like, I want to get off of them immediately, but I know some people absolutely love love being on sets yeah i don't know if i love being on sets but i'm I'm not exhausted by film i mean it's such a infinitely rich medium like you you can't really get tired of it you know for a while i was trying to make collages and i thought it was like a an easier life style (laughs) like visual collages or film collages visual collages just like you know scissors (laughs) zacto knife glue and uh, magazines and uh I got tired of it, you know, like it was like um, it didn't have enough complexity or challenge for me to to stay engaged with it, you know, the way that needed to be. But film is like not like that. It's like it's so hard and it's so complex. And, you know, it just it just challenges every part of the self or of myself, at least. Uh, what was the, the process broadly like for making I'm a Sex Addict? And were you at all afraid of making something so personal? I was afraid. Um, it was scary. Um, it was, you know, uh, embarrassing, uh, shameful. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I spent years trying to make it. Um, I think it took 10 years before I was able to make it. Um, and it took three and a half years to shoot. So it was a very long process. And uh, and it, it was, you know, it was a great experience. I mean, I I, I was really proud of of having made it. And um, yeah, it was one of the, it was one of my favorite processes really just because it was so difficult i feel like you know i I enjoyed the stuff prior but i think i am a sex addict is when you kind of start a string of of movies that i that you made where i feel like they're actually great i don't know if that's just my sense or if that's a sense that maybe something happened before making that film where you matured into like a fully fledged uh you know auteur Uh uh-huh i mean i think that was a film Maybe the first film I really like was trying to find the right form for that film. Like I, I, it was a trial and error situation. That's why it took so long. And I think it was like it's like a puzzle. Like you know, how do I solve this problem? And I, I didn't know how. And I sort of found found out how by doing it for a long time. I didn't find out how right away or anything. Um, it wasn't obvious or easy. But um, there was something very satisfying about finding almost like an original style for it or something, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely very, very original film. And I actually watched it. I, I didn't watch watch your films in order. I, I first 
saw show about the show, which I think is probably how a lot of people first found your work. And then I went back and watched that and it, and it was very different. It felt um, maybe more uh, contrived is the wrong word, but it felt more, uh, you know, theatrical than, than a show about the show where that has like this kind of realism, um, you know, what was, was that, is that intentional with I'm a sex addict or were you trying to eventually get to that realist, more realist style that you eventually found? Uh, no, it was intentional. I mean, I, I, I thought of it as pretty theatrical. I mean, there's kind of a, supposed to be like a, a shift in it from a pretty stagey theatrical style at the beginning. And then it kind of gets more naturalistic as it goes. Not sure why, but maybe just because I was sort of shooting it in order. And that's kind of just what happened naturally. But I, I think I, I discovered the limit of, of uh, a certain kind of theatricality. And I think I really do kind of value like just raw, lo-fi, immediate randomness uh, as a cinematic um, value. You know, like I, I think... I think I, I just appreciate like just a shitty shot, handheld, you know, I just, you know, there's something about just the real thing without any contrivance that is so much power and and value and authenticity that I think I've sort of gravitated towards because of that movie, because I sort of saw the limits of that other style. What sort of, if, you know, films or filmmakers were inspiring you at that period of time? When I made Sex Addict? Yeah. Huh. Um, that film feels very sui generis, you know, I, I don't, like I can say like a little stiff, it was like, you know, Ozu, Cassavetes, Romer, Romer. Um, and then after that, I don't know, maybe um, I was inspired by, um, you know, uh, Ed Pincus, you know, his film, Diaries. I don't know, Ed Pincus. He's a, you know, he made diary films, beautiful films about, you know, time passing. Um, maybe for... Um, for the bathtub film, there was maybe a little pinkest inspiration, but uh, Sex Addict really, uh, I mean, Godard, I guess, but only in the most, in the loosest way. Because of the French connection. <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, it all, it actually started with, um, no, no, that was, actually it was Vegas. I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think so. I think I, I stopped being influenced by people at a certain point. Hmm. I mean, I still really appreciate other people's styles, but I'm not really like, I'm not really engaging with them stylistically, you know, maybe just spiritually or metaphysically, you know. Are you going back and engaging with your with your old work or do you sort of leave it leave it be? I don't I don't I don't like to watch my old work. Um I mean I engage with like I'd rather engage I'm more interested in other more interested in literature or you know music or poetry really than I'm in, in cinema. Um was that always the case or did that happen more more gradually over time too? I think over time I think uh I mean, I'm interested in film, but I'm not trying to learn about film from other filmmakers anymore. I mean, I sometimes I feel like I feel competitive, I guess. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, so it's like I can I can appreciate their the height of their accomplishments, and I might like aspire to a similar height, but I never try to access it in a similar way. You know. Is there a a, a contemporary filmmaker who's made something where you felt maybe a sense of jealousy or you felt like that was, that's a, a movie that I, I would have liked to have made. Well, every film by Lars von Trier pretty much um, is a film I wish I could have made. And I, I am jealous and envious <laughs> and in awe. Um, I, I really am very impressed by what he does. What's your favorite of his? Um, Breaking the Waves. 
that one's good. And the idiots maybe are my two favorites. What do you think of his more more uh more recent work? I've like I've liked it all, frankly. Really? Oh. I mean, I don't like the early Vontier films very much, like the first three or four. But from Breaking the Waves on, I pretty much loved everything. What one of your your project that I feel like stands out as as being very different in tone, um, and maybe not in tone, but just in subject matter is the Shake and I. Uh, it's oh. your it's your kind of your your political uh, commentary, and less about social drama. Um, you know what was the, what was the process like for that, and and how do you reflect back on that movie now? I mean, the process is documented in the film pretty thoroughly. Um, but that film didn't do very well. And most people don't seem to like it that much, <laughs> which surprised me at the time, because I remember thinking it's so topical. And it's about something that, you know, it's not just about my life. Um, but I think I, uh, paradoxically, it was like less personal and less vulnerable and less, um, you know, the things that make my films special, I guess. Like it didn't have as much of that quality. Um, and I guess maybe I, I learned a lesson from that because it's a very well-made film i think like a lot of craft went into it and a lot of love but at the end of the day it's a little bit polemical you know yeah it definitely doesn't feel like i was when i watched it i was i was surprised in many ways i i actually i find it very enjoyable i'm um but it doesn't it feels less less like your work than maybe some some other artists even though it definitely has obviously you're you're all throughout it um and you're mm -hmm. in it but it's it's less about about you um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know with, with your your forays into into television what was it like adjusting to you know a slightly new medium well i mean um i really liked moving to episodic because it's just a freer looser medium um i didn't like the time constraints uh, that seems like really not uh, conducive to my way of working, which is very slow and, you know, painstaking and, you know, involves off trial and error. Um, you know, I, Robert Henri, the artist said once, we're not here to do what has already been done. And that really makes sense to me. So I'm always trying to find something that hasn't been done yet. Um, and it's just, you can't do that quickly. You know, it just takes the time it takes. So that's the problem with television stuff, I think. Um, it's rushed, it tends to be rushed. But um, I like the the free open format. And I spent years of my life trying to force myself into a, you know, into this 90 minute feature box and understand what that is, you know, like how to make that work. And I think I, I understand it. I think I know how to do it. Um, it. Took me a long time to figure out, but now I kind of feel like it's, not necessary anymore. Like I, I don't, you don't need to do that. And, you know, the feature film seems pretty dead. So um, yeah, I like, I like the new format. Do you think shorter attention spans is part of the reason why show about the show took off a little more? Yeah, I do. Were, were you surprised by its reception? Yeah, I was. I remember I had a friend when I was trying to make it and he said, Kavi, this is just like, the same old thing you always do over and over again. It's like really getting tiresome. And I was like, really? Is he right? But like, it wasn't. It was like a a fresh and maybe almost the the perfect expression of something I'd been sort of, you know, gr groping towards. Um, and it felt, you know, it felt different than everything else, even though it, if you look at all the work, it's like the apotheosis of every single thing I've done. 
and you know it's like the logical culminating you know um apotheosis of it all is it the, the project that you want to keep working on or work on for the rest of your life or are there <clears throat> is there I, I, an end you see for it yeah i'm actually ending the show um right now uh i just shot the last episode which is coming out in a in a couple of weeks um and it's i still have the third season to finish and put out but you know it ends at a certain point and it ends at the point where my wife has made it impossible for me to keep making it just because of all the lawsuits so it it it's over uh it, it will be over soon and um but i think the the approach i mean the show is just one other way of talking about my life and i'm going to keep doing that in other ways and in ways that are not that dissimilar to that so in a way it's just changing form you know it's like I mean, kind of like when you die, I guess you change form, but also like when you just uh, get older or start a new relationship, you know, you change form. Um, so that particular form is ending. And I, I would have loved to keep doing it till the end, but um, for various reasons, it wasn't possible. Do you think that you'll explore other mediums? I know you've been doing doing writing in various forms and you did the podcast. Uh, are, there, are there other mediums that you've yet to do that you want to explore? Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, I'm doing, the, you know, the Brecht script is a musical, so I like to explore choreography. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, there aren't that many mediums, right? There's music and there's dance, right? Why not those two? Sure. I guess choreography. If, if you're yeah, that. and music in that film. But, um, you know, Instagram, social media, I mean, I'm interested in, in whatever, wherever the culture is going, you know? So I'm thinking of doing a Instagram project next year. And I have more podcast ideas um, that I'm going to try to explore as well. And, you know, just in your capacity as a, as a teacher, you know, what do you look for for students? Like, what are you trying to encourage them to do as far as their films are concerned? Because I know many film professors have different ideas about what students should be watching. You should be watching the old Hollywood classics. You should be watching this. You should be watching that. You should master the three part, uh, you know, the the three act script. You know, what, what's your what's your advice to to film at young filmmakers? I mean, I just think none of that is really that important. The only thing that's really important is to be honest and true to yourself. And, and and you know, this there's a filmmaker named Matt Johnson. I don't know if you know his stuff. Um, he, he did a show called um, Nirvana, the band, the show, I think it's called. Um, but anyway, he's a, he's a brilliant guy. And he came to my class and Someone asked him for advice and he said this great thing. I'm just going to quote him. He said, like, there, there's a film that everybody can make that nobody else could make but them and that nobody can make better than them with no matter how much money they threw at it. Like, there's a film that Spielberg could not do better than you. And that's the film you should be making. So I just think everyone just needs to find their own like true inner voice thing and stop imitating other people, stop imitating Hollywood movies, three-act structure, all of it. And just like find the thing that feels true and deep to oneself. And that's what I try to encourage. Just like, it's more like a life lesson than a film lesson, you know? You know as far as uh, as books are concerned, because this is a, you know, sort of a, a book-oriented podcast, at least our listeners are used to turn, you know, to tuning in. Uh, I was wondering if you would just share a little bit about some of the books that have inspired you or that you you think about a lot. Well, I think about Ulysses a lot, uh, and I and I and I made a film of it recently. Um, 
so I'm working on that right now, but uh, I think about the formal innovations of that book and how he just explodes the form of the novel. And I guess my ambition ever since reading it has been to do that for cinema. So that's kind of been a big influence, um, probably a bigger influence than any movie I've ever seen. Um, and then there's uh, Thomas the Obscure by Maurice Blanchot. Do you know that book? I don't know. I know Ulysses, but... <laughs> yeah, it's not very famous. I don't know why it's not. I, to me, it seems like, you know, the most spiritually, mind-bogglingly brilliant thing I've ever read. Um, I love that book. And I don't know, I don't I don't feel like it's so high. I mean, it's like so much higher than than I am that I just sort of look at it and and, and feel dizzy. But, you know, it inspires me that one can attain such heights in art. <laughs> and I think the biggest influence of in my life has been A Course in Miracles. Do you know that book? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, that's a book that just has changed me completely and rejigger the way I think about everything. Um, and that really has been a great source of sustaining and um, joy. Yeah, I'm I'm curious because so much of your of your work is about, in some way or another, maybe your relationship with God, um, and you know that in the in the the art world, especially the you know art film world, a lot of people are very atheistic, militantly. So, uh, you know, do you think that that filmmakers or artists need to have some connection, some relationship with God in order to to make great art, or is atheism does that fly? I think atheism can fly. I mean, I think there's great atheist art. <laughs> um, I mean, it also doesn't matter what you believe, like intellectually, like you know, <laughs> um, your art sort of transcends what you believe anyway. Um, I know for me, you know, it is important, but. I think there's so many paths to God or there's so many ways of doing the work of God and, and most of them look, look nothing like you would think they should look. So I don't know. I think, you know, atheism is just as valid a path as any. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of people are allergic to, you know, the God metaphor. So I, I, you know, I both want to like fight that allergy and also just allow it, you know, like, there's no reason to alienate people unnecessarily, you know? So I don't know. I feel like I, I talk about it, but I try not to speak in religious terminology, you know, if possible. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I was reading your, uh, your journal, your daily journal that you did. Uh, I can't remember. It's, it's, I think it's, you can only step into a, a river. You can't even step into a river, river once. I don't remember the exact title. You can't step into the same river once. You can't step into the same. River you can't once. even step into the same river once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah, reference to the uh, what is it Heraclitus? Yeah, uh, quote. Um, you know, w when you were when you were doing that process of writing down what you were doing every single day, what did you feel like you learned about yourself and your own patterns and and ways of living? Um, I don't know. It's not self-referential art. Isn't as cathartic as people think it is. Um, it's mostly just trying to make it work for someone else. Um. I had done another journal a couple of years before that I'd been commissioned to write um, for a publisher that my wife threatened to sue the publisher over. So that got put on, on the back burner. Um, but, um, you know, I've always written journals, my, you know, I write journals naturally. Um, so it was just a nice practice to force me to do it a little more rigorously and maybe 
don't know. There's a, a journal writing. I love journals as a as a genre. My favorite genres are like journals and biographies, <laughs> and autobiographies, I guess. But like, there's a a way to, the way to a way to talk to the self that's very different than a way to talk to a reader, you know. And the journal was trying to talk to the reader, but the book I wrote that was squelched was trying to talk to myself in front of a reader. It's like a different, slightly different animal. Um, and I thought that was interesting, just the 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 question of who you're talking to and who you're writing it for. Um, and I like that about journals, the sense of like, you know, this real intimacy where it's, and poetry is like that too. <laughs> I think I think poetry is someone talking to themselves, really. And then you overhear it. And somehow you can like get inside their head and feel an intimacy with them. But, you know, it's not, I mean, good poetry isn't talking to a reader. It's It's not. And uh, and I guess my films, when they're they're at their best, they're sort of doing that too. They're sort of not talking to the audience directly, but letting the audience kind of overhear or eavesdrop or spy on something private that's happening. My uh, last question is: If someone were to make a film about your life, uh, who would you, assuming this is you know in the future, who would you want to direct it, and who would you want to play yourself? It's funny, somebody yesterday suggested having someone else make a film about my life. And it's, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, aren't I doing it already? I, I don't totally understand the, the impulse, but um, who would I want to make a film about my life? I mean, nobody seems right, except me. Um, who would do the worst job? Spielberg? Worst job? <laughs> yeah, he'd be up there. Um, who would do a good job? I, I have no idea. And who would play me? I wish I knew who could play me. You know, I tried to cast people to play me for I'm a Sex Addict, and it was just a horrifying experience. Like, I mean, I think nobody really can play anybody. Everyone is so unique, and it's always, like, um, grotesque when somebody plays someone else. So you're not, not a fan of the biopic? I hate the biopic, but it's a genre that I am very drawn to. Um, I just have a real problem with how it's usually done. Well, let this say, uh, then, you, you know, hopefully no one will go out and uh, make an unauthorized bi biopic of you. <laughs> uh, well, Kaveh, thank you so much for being guest on the New Books Network. Uh, it was great speaking with you.